been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. I was going to start this episode by making an obnoxious comment about like how I haven't talked to you since last year, and it's crazy. But considering that 2021 feels exactly the same, it doesn't seem worth it. We didn't really start off on a good foot, did we? We started off on, I'd argue, maybe the wor- not the worst foot, but a pretty bad foot uh, as years go. But I think that's to, sh- to say it could only get better from here, I think. It can only get better. You know, we're two days as of recording this um, from a new president. When this comes out, there will almost certainly be a new president because I am very slow at editing these. Uh, you know, vaccinations are happening. There, there's good stuff. Yeah, there's a lot to a lot to look forward to, with 2020 being over with. It hasn't really. I don't know if it's settled in for you. I every time I hear the year 2021, it I don't know. It doesn't mean much to me right now. And maybe I've just become un, untethered from the flow of time, as I'm sure we all have throughout this throughout last year. Um, uh huh. It's just it's just a year. It doesn't really. It's just a number. I feel like Neil deGrasse Tyson, he always tweets something around this time of year, like, it's it's an arbitrary date, and, you know, there's nothing special about where the Earth is. It is pretty weird. I, I still have, it's going to take me till August to write 2021 next to the date. And we're already so. halfway through at that point. I know, and you might as well not even hop on the train, so. Do you do you write the date a lot? Um, For my journal, I do. I guess that's true. And I have to write it a lot for work, for the paperwork I do at work. I gotta do that. So, um, I'm sure it's somebody's frustrating job to go through all the papers at work and see that I misted pretty much every single one of them with saying 2020 instead of 2021. So, well, that's for them to sort out. You're listening to Ketchup Cast, the podcast where, believe it or not, we do not discuss condiments. I think it's been a couple of holidays technically since we last chatted how were your holidays yeah when did when did we last talk not to show how the sausage is made but it was right before christmas i think it was right before christmas yeah because our last episode went out christmas eve i think christmas i, think I timed eve. it that way so it's been at least christmas and new year since we've chatted um i spent christmas in the woods which i yeah. don't know how much i can talk about but um was really fun and good and that was my first uh, Christmas spent in the field. I've spent my birthday in the field. I've spent Easter. I have not done a Thanksgiving in the field. I was I was here for Thanksgiving, but um, Christmas was in the woods. And then New Year's was uh, at home, and I spent it with some friends, um, friends from work that, you know, are in my bubble, so to say. And we went out to a frozen lake and had a little bonfire and um, walked around on the lake. And what else did we do? Yeah, it was a fun time. Went for a little hike. That sounds awesome. It was great. It was very cold. It was like in the single digits. Oh, I bet. Um, but uh, it was really fun to to ring in the new year with some with some friends, with some uh, frolicking on a lake. That's what life's all about is is frolicking and friends. So I'm glad you were able to really, you know, carpe the diem as it were. Yeah, it was great. And like I don't know, it it kind of spontaneously happened. All of us had New Year's off, and um, it was a good year to celebrate being over. Yeah. Um, yeah. How were your holidays? They were weird. I uh, I didn't spend them with anyone, but I had two weeks off of work because the kids didn't have classes, and then thus my program didn't need to run. Sure. Uh, and at first I was psyched. Two weeks off, take a break, chill out. Um, 
And the first week was great. You know, I, I went for a hike. There is a park about a mile, two miles maybe from my house, and I've driven past it, but I've never actually hiked it, so I went and hiked it. Uh, it's just like this path along this creek with all these cool wooden, like, bridge things. So that was cool. Um, and then the holidays rolled around, like Christmas. And I realized I wasn't feeling the Christmas spirit, and that wouldn't do because Christmas is my favorite holiday, and I needed to feel the Christmas spirit. You just so got I, to. I did what I called, I called it speedrunning Christmas, and I made a list of six Christmas movies that I was going to watch, and I just sat down on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and just watched one after the other, after the other, after the other, to force myself to really feel the holiday cheer. Uh, because it was it was weird to not be like home slash with family. And I'm, I'm sure you've maybe felt a similar weirdness. Yeah. Although maybe in the woods, you felt woods weirdness. I don't know. Uh, in in a way, being in the woods was more celebratory. I think I wouldn't have been with family either way. So mm-hmm. instead of having a sad Christmas here at home with nothing going on, I had work and the woods to kind of keep me company. So that that was nice. Um, yeah, but I I totally understand it. It's weird um, having holidays away from home and not really having a whole lot to do. Yeah, it was just like it's. It was nice. I. Watched a lot of what did I watch? I made a list somewhere. I don't remember. I watched Elf. I watched Classic Christmas Carol, which, which I think is the best Christmas Carol adaptation. I watched It's a Wonderful Life. I watched Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. What was the last one? That might have been it. A Christmas Story. No, I've I've watched Christmas Story so many times. I need like a decade long break from it. What? I used to go to my grandparents' house, and it would be on, I think, like, TLC was the channel, or TBS, and it would be on for 24 hours. That's true. And we'd keep it on all 24 hours. So that, like, the text of that film is just so deeply embedded in me, I just, I can't... What about Home Alone? Expel it. I was going to watch Home Alone, and I think I was tired. Ah, I see. But that was on the list. Another classic. That's why I thought six, I watched five. A wonderful one. Um... But it was nice to hang out and 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 then New Year's I did I did similar I went out and bought like a tiny little bottle of champagne like a three dollar one glass kind of vibe. Nice. Uh, and didn't end up drinking at New Year's anyway because I drank too much beer <laughs> and decided I'd just hydrate instead of drink more. And I watched Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, it's a weird weird New Year's movie. Well, that here I I thought I hadn't seen a single movie that had come out in 2020, and I thought if I'm gonna pick one to watch on New Year's. What's like the the memeiest possible, just like something that's fun and meaningless, and Sonic the Hedgehog seemed to fit the bill. Turns out I've seen a lot of movies that came out in 2020. I just forgot that like streaming counts. Uh, fun fact about Sonic the Hedgehog, which also made me laugh, it is considered because movie theaters shut down. Sonic the Hedgehog is the highest grossing superhero film of 2020, and of the decade technically so far. Wait, how did it come out in 2020? It came out last February. Came out Valentine's Day weekend for all the the romantic hedgehogs out there. But that's twenty two. Oh, oh, okay, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, we had that tiny bit of of actual like life before sure. the pandemic started. I don't know. It it's confusing. Numbers are confusing. Um, Numbers are confusing. For some reason, um, I thought you. I didn't. I was not out on a frozen lake, but I watched. Uh, did you get a chance to watch the ball drop? Um, no. We decided to burn to light our bonfire at at midnight. And watch our fire That's burn instead of the ball way drop. Way better. So the ball drop, you know, every year there's like the, the the minute long ticking clock in the last minute of the year, right? Yeah. As the ball drops, 
and every year it's accompanied by cheering and 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 singing and and joie de vivre. Uh, this year there were no crowds allowed yes. in Times Square because the or last year I guess because of the pandemic. So that ticking sound when there's silence is a lot more ominous. <laughs> it's just like this this resounding echoey tick, tick, tick like something's coming. That's spooky. So it was not as celebratory. And then my cat wouldn't come out to be my New Year's kiss, so I had to kiss my plush baby Yoda as my New Year's kiss. Oh, bummer. Yeah, you know, there are worse, worse people I could kiss, but yeah. But those two weeks got weird of of not having work because I I couldn't really see people or go places because I don't have a car and it's a pandemic. So it was just like me and my cat for two weeks. Yeah, just chilling. I just it was this like pressing. I don't know. Insanity is the wrong word, but I, I felt myself slipping a little bit. Oh, boy. I'm trying to get some time off here pretty soon. I uh, I think I, I've been burning the candle at both ends, and I need to, to get some recoup time here. So I'm looking to uh, take some time off from my work and not live in the woods for a little bit. Um, so we'll see. Maybe at the end of my time off, two weeks off, I will be very... Uh, uh, same, feel the same way. Very weird. Um, You've been doing week on week off since July, right? Yep, yep. That's crazy. That's that's so much like in the woods time. It is a lot in the woods time for sure. I so far in well in 2020, I did more days in the woods than not, or more. That's hard to quantify. I slept outside in a sleeping bag in a tent more days than I slept on a bed inside in 2020. Not all of those were were trips. I slept in the backyard a bunch. As soon as I came home from school from COVID, I slept in the backyard. Um, but a lot of that was for work and for other things. Now, so far in 2021, <laughs> which has just been the month of January, um, I have... This is going to be some weird, gross statistics, but I have slept in a bed, uh, probably my own bed. I have slept in probably four nights, and I have taken probably, like, five or six showers. That is a gross statistic. Thank you for sharing that with our audience. The rest of it has been in the woods, uh, either for work or for play, um, living out of a backpack, sleeping in a tent, and a sleeping bag. You're living life to the fullest. You know, that's how we, we were not born in houses. We were born <laughs> in the woods, in, in, in the wilderness. We being humanity, not you and I <laughs> were both born in hospitals, I'm sure. Yeah. But we're meant to be out there. Yeah, and tomorrow I go into work to live in the woods some more. So, um,. And you just got back from the woods, didn't you? I did. I just you're, got back from a trip. Um, for Pleasure Woods. Yeah, this is for play, not for, for work. Um, but The business woods versus the Pleasure Woods. It really is a big difference. I was talking to a mentor about this a couple a couple years ago, about how, like, yeah, it's important to get woods time and to get field days as, um, as a person trying to make it in the industry of the outdoors and trying to, like, become a guide and become a field guide and get all this good experience. And it's, like more days in the woods, the better is great, but it matters how you get that experience and personal trips, as you will find out from my story of this most recent personal trip, um, are where you, um, get to take the risk. 
where you get to experiment and do weird things and try out uh, pieces of equipment or try out pieces of philosophy or try out um, new ways of doing things uh, that your institution that you work for won't let you do or just isn't appropriate for what you do for work. Um, and that's where the adventure really begins. I think if you're doing things right in the woods while you're working, it shouldn't be too much of an adventure for you. Right. For your clients, sure. But for you, if you're a good guide, you should have things under control. On the personal trip, however, things can get out of control. <laughs> Just to allude to um, to how my week has gone so far. Uh, but I'd like to hear about yours first. What uh, my week? What have you been up to um, these past couple of weeks, man? That I have not been able uh, to talk to you. Well, I it's it's not as exciting as your your risky, you know adventure grabbing life by the horns forest lifestyle um i watched seven season of seasons of parks and rec over the past couple weeks that was sort of my my comfort thing uh that show uh the the, the pro government sort of like pro capitalism message of that show hits a little bit different in a post 2016 <laughs> election america um but it's still it still was a fun show what else have i done i uh Went on a adventure a little bit this weekend. Oh yeah. Uh, a bu- buddy of mine came up for the day, and we decided we'd just go for a walk. And I thought of you actually because we walked into Fairport, where the Erie Canal runs through. Nice. Uh, famously known, of course, as Clinton's Folly, <laughs> uh, which we famously covered on this podcast. Uh, listeners, you may not know this. The first episode we did of 2020 was called Folly. Not saying we called it, but we called it. Uh, so yeah, we went into, into Fairport with the intent of finding coffee and going for a walk along the canal. That was sort of the goal. Um, the coffee shop I like there closes at 3 p.m., which is dumb. No coffee shop should close that early. Uh, and they were closed. So my next thought was there was this gelato place that I wanted to check out. Okay. Because I had coffee and gelato, two of my favorite foods. Uh, they were also closed. Bummer. Uh, so I looked up coffee on my phone. So the nearest one was like a Dunkin' Donuts a mile away. Uh, whatever. It's It was a new area I hadn't explored yet. Um, the fun fact about this gelato place, they have a thing called spaghetti gelato. I don't know if you've heard of this. Spaghetti gelato. What the hell are you talking about? It's a German dish, from what I understood from my Googling. And you take, you make gelato, and you squeeze it through a potato presser. So it, like, makes, like, looks like strands of spaghetti. And then you you put, I think, bits of brownie or something sort of represent meatballs, and you drizzle it in strawberry sauce of some kind. So it's just gelato, but it looks like spaghetti, and for some reason this is like a very popular dessert in Germany. I'm still confused as to what gelato is. Oh, gelato is... It's ice cream, but it's made differently. Okay. I don't quite know the process. I used to. uh, And then it just was one of those pieces of knowledge that got pushed out to make room for, you know, the Pythagorean theorem or something. Uh, It's big in Europe. Uh, it's 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 lighter, I think. Is it like soft serve ice cream consistency? It's it's sort of in between soft serve. It's like sort of melty hard serve, is how I would describe it. Melty hard serve, okay. Like that that consistency. It's not melty. It it makes. It's hard to describe, and and the audio format of the podcast certainly doesn't help. 
but it's it's a European dairy dish, and it is lighter than ice cream and delicious. Gotcha. That is my best. Uh, when I was in Europe years and years ago, I made sure every every city we went to, I went to a gelato place. Nice. To sample the local cuisine. Uh, but this this place in Fairport was closed, so we went on a quest to find Dunkin' Donuts. Um, it was it was I mean it was fine. We just walked a while. We passed a gas station. I suggested we go there for coffee, so since it was less of a walk, and we decided we didn't want gas station coffee. Uh, finally, we reached the Tim Hortons, and it was inside not the Tim Hortons, the Dunkin' Donuts, and it was inside a gas station anyway. So that you know we got gas station coffee either way. But on the way back, we had a lovely walk along the canal. Uh, the sun was setting. It was this beautiful sort of yellowish gray sky, uh, and then we walked back, and that was sort of the adventure, just walking. But there was a canal involved, so it was exciting. Wow. Um, now you had biked that. You've to... biked that portion of the canal, no? Yeah, yeah. I biked the whole canal in twenty fourteen, thirteen, thirteen. Biked the whole canal in twenty thirteen. Uh, Three hundred. 30-something miles total. Really? That long? Yeah. Well, it's the whole New York State. Well, not the whole New York State. It's horizontal New York State. Buffalo to Albany, as the song goes. Yeah, I biked that with my dad and some other scout folks. Did it feel familiar to you at all? Did you recognize it or no? Well, here's the thing is there's like a million of these towns along the canal, and they're all named like something port. Uh, and they're they're kind of cookie cutter in that each one of them has like an identical lift bridge, and there's like an identical park along the 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 canal, sort of right as you get into the town, and the bike trail looks the same, the canal looks the same. So I'm sure I've been I've ridden my bike through that part of Fairport, but I have no direct recollection of it, and there's no photos of it, and no journal entries. Gotcha. So I have no actual proof, but I know I rode the whole canal, so I must have been there. At some point. Well. It's a mystery. It's a mystery, I guess. It's interesting. I did a portion of that with you. I, I don't know how long I did with you guys on that trip, but I did some of it. Oh, yeah. We, the, uh, oh, where was it? Spencerport, maybe? Was that the trip where we went to the ice cream place one we night? We went to the ice cream place one night. That was very vague. I remember we were sitting on a park bench outside of the Josh, some the Josh place. Thing. And, it was uh, that, yeah. It was that. And, yeah. It was you, me, and Jacob, and uh, or was Keenan there? It was Keenan. Keenan. You, me, and Keenan. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's, I don't know, maybe we were hooliganism and we shouldn't have been out that late. It was probably like 10 o'clock. I don't know. And um, and we were camped We were camped in the same park. In the same park, which you can do legally. Yeah. We weren't breaking any rules there. But um, just to put that out there straight. Um, and yeah, cover our asses. These two dudes come up to us and they're like, hey, Josh, and there was three people sitting on a park bench and we were confused at how they thought the three of us were one person named Josh and none of us are named Josh and there's three of us. We also didn't have any drugs, which I think is what they were looking for. So, um, yeah, I think it was probably a deal of some kind. Looking back on that, 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 yeah, (laughs) that's definitely what was going on. (laughs) Yeah. Cause we were like sitting on a, on top of a picnic table because no one of our age ever sat on the bench of a picnic table. That was, that was That's what just uncool, nerds did. Yeah. You had to sit on the picnic table where people put their food. You had to put your butts right there. Um, and it was, yeah, it was late in in a tiny town. I still wonder about that sometimes. Like, what? what is Josh? 
I don't know. Is Shaw a really big dude? Is he like some eldritch horror with six arms? And or they were already high on whatever Josh was or trying to already, supply. Yeah. And, um, and they couldn't Maybe tell. they'd already met up with Josh earlier and they forgot. Yeah. And they were coming back to meet the original. I don't know. I think that's what happened more like. Um, but we got out of there pretty quick. Yeah, we were kind of spooked after that from what I remember and, and went back to our, our campsite and called it the night and then we camped in some weird dude's yard which was really interesting we did oh my god yeah i forgot about that that was strange but he had a cool canoe though i remember that part he made that he made that he canoe. made that canoe yeah and tyler too that was that was the falafel night if i recall correctly the falafel night what are you talking about do you remember that we all we just kept saying the word falafel for whatever reason i do not remember that like we were very transfixed by this idea of a falafel that sounds like something we would do but i don't remember it hey what well, we were just in that literally in that guy's yard yeah, I remember. I don't know if it was you or Keenan or whoever was with me, but you could see their TV through one of the windows, <laughs> and so I sat down in the grass and watched their TV through the window. No sound. I feel like you were trying to just like, trying to watch the Doctor Who something. Doctor Who was coming out. That was that was the Josh night. So that was. Oh, now that you say that, I know the exact date. That's how weird my brain works. Is I know the exact date that we were sitting on that picnic table. I know the year because I know what episode it was. That's ridiculous. This was September 2012. Uh, that's crazy. But, yeah. yeah. Anyways, that happened. Um, how did we get there? To, oh, talking about the Erie Canal in Rochester. Oh, yeah. Clinton's Folly. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I've got some friends in Rochester. I haven't gone over there a whole lot. You should swing by. Yeah, if it, only if it wasn't, um, I don't know, like a day and a half, two, uh, two-day drive away. And a pandemic. Yeah, that too. Although, good news, I got approved for my vaccine. Um, hey, that's awesome. So uh, I haven't gotten it yet because um, I've been busy working the job that the vaccine is approved for, which is a little ironic. But, um, yeah, so um, sometime soon here, um, hopefully before the end of January, I'll, I'll get the uh, get the old shot in the arm. I'm in the same boat as you. I uh, The governor of New, York, of New York just announced new like candidates for the new phase of the vaccine. And child care workers are one of those. Oh, thanks, so Mr. Cuomo. I'm, yeah, thanks. The one thing you did right. Even if your brother's ah. not a real human being. Did you hear that myth? No, but I'm sh- I'm, I can't keep up with all this There's shit. There's some now. conspiracy theory that Andrew Cuomo's brother, I forget his name, Steve. Chris. Steve Cuomo. Um, Chris Cuomo, the guy on CNN. Sure. Uh, isn't real. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where they come up with these things. <laughs> Man, this pandemic's got to end because people are losing it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can get my vaccine, right? But the, there's one vaccination site in Rochester, and I went to sign up, and there's no vaccine availability till April. I think just the dosage. Oh, wow. If there's not enough doses. So hopefully, you know, Pfizer will, will come in, and, or Moderna will be like, hey, Ethan, we're here at your apartment. I bet you that'll change, uh, though. You... I think they're probably just oh yeah, I think putting definitely. that out pretty far so that people have low expectations and then rise to meet them, you know? And I know the, not to get political, but the Biden administration has, like, a more concrete plan for actually distributing the vaccines rather than the sort of shit show that it's been. Yeah, it's 100 million people the in the first 100 days, right? Which is, which is the schedule supposed to be. You're supposed to be doing, like, a million a day, and we're way, way, way below that right now. Yeah. Um. But we've been below the testing, you know, mark too since the pandemic started. So 
who knows? Yeah, well, it's it's a hopeful sign here that that things will be uh, getting on their way. Keep hoping. But yeah, other than that, I haven't done much. Nice. Uh, been trying to write. That's been the other big thing, and we can get into writing maybe a little bit later. Sure. Because that's that's like a whole thing. So I want to hear. You know, you alluded to it. This this crazy wild time you had out in the woods. What do you? So I'm just smelling this bag. I think my syrup um, busted open and spilled somewhere. It smells like syrup now, um, which is a phrase you don't hear me say often, but um, that's weird. I don't know what what that happened there, but um, my syrup busted open because I took this kit um, with my spice kit and some hot drink mixes out on a trip, and I'm kind of putting things away and packing up for work and... Uh, my apartment's a mess. It really is. Um, I got papers everywhere. I, I haven't cleaned up from Christmas opening stuff and I got, uh, yeah, it's just a, a crazy time. But, um, anyways, what was, the, what was the best gift you got for Christmas? Speaking of, I bought myself some snowshoes. That's an amazing gift for myself for Christmas. Um, as kind of a late Christmas present, um, kind of a late Christmas present, um, six-month mark at the job present, and um, some, uh, some little stimulus money from, from Mr. Trump to, uh, to round it out. So um, that was a present to myself that I got. But um, another good pres- Christmas present? Hmm, that's a good question. I'll roll with that for now. What about you? What was your your favorite Christmas present this year? We haven't talked about Christmas, and it's, this episode's going to come out in February. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, we're we're really on top of the schedule. Uh, I got an air fryer. That was my big. Oh, uh, nice. So that's been it. I I've always thought they were cool. I say always. I've you know as as long as they've been out, you know, a year or whatever it's been since the craze started. I thought they were cool. I never really had huge interest in anyone. My mom got me one for Christmas. And since getting it, I've used it almost every day, <laughs> just like air frying everything possible. <laughs> uh, it is, it's just so much fun to be like, yeah, I'll throw this in there. It'll take five minutes to cook. Has it just absolutely revolutionized your life? It has. You know how French fries are the worst thing to reheat in the world? Yeah, they're pretty gross. they're always soggy. On New Year's, I, about four drinks in, made like a whole bag of French fries. Because I was like, I'm going to eat all of these. And then by the time they were done, I'd sobered up and realized I did not, in fact, want to eat a whole bag of French fries. Nice. Next day, popped them in the air fryer. They were crispy and perfect. Well, there you go. Same with pizza. Reheated my pizza perfectly. Really? Wow. Yeah. I've never done pizza in the air fryer. I don't, I've, I've never had an air fryer. Uh, I was staying over at somebody's house, and they had one. And we heated up some chicken nuggets in them or something. It was pretty lame. But it worked out. It seems like a, a a perfect replacement for the microwave. Yeah. Like, I, besides heating up, can you heat up a liquid in it? No. No liquids. My microwave at this point I use to melt butter and heat up coffee. That's pretty much its only purpose. Yeah. But everything else you can use the air fryer for, huh? That's interesting. That's good to know. Maybe I'll have to get myself uh, an air fryer. Would recommend. Um. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty sweet gift. It's awesome. <laughs> I have all these plans. I'm, I want to make my own like donuts, but they'll be healthy because it's air fried. Not <laughs> do you, can you do popcorn in the air fryer? I've not tried popcorn. I bet I could. I bet it would also be a nightmare to try to like, because you wouldn't be able to shake it. Really? 
I guess. I mean, you, I could shake the whole machine. Oh, I but see. As soon as you pull the drawer out, it turns off automatically. Oh. And then they would just. I've pop got a stove go popper I can use, so I'll, I'll keep doing popcorn on the stove. That's what I do: popcorn on the stove and a big cast iron. Oh, it's the kettle. best way to do oh, it. It's just fantastic. It, just, that's, it pops better. I don't. It sure I don't does. Know why it pops better? That's been that's been my go-to. Um, that's been my treat. And popcorn's pretty healthy for you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, um, good Christmas stuff. Yeah, so this trip I did with my new snowshoes. I also bought them on a whim for this trip, and um, me and a buddy from work uh, wanted to go up to the Boundary Waters Canoe Wilderness Area in northern Minnesota, which is about six hours away from where I'm at and where we live in Wisconsin. Um, And, uh, yeah, and it was a pretty epic trip. Like I said, it's a personal trip, which means we're able to, to... do things wrong. Things were able to go wrong, and we were able to make it right. Um, but we camped out uh, on some frozen lakes. We did like a base camping model. We camped out on a frozen lake, pitched our camp the first night. We got in after dark since it's a really long drive, and we had to buy food and get packs ready and all this kind of stuff. And then in the morning, we wake up, and we have two full days to do awesome adventures with and then come back to our base camp at night cook some good food, go to bed, and then do it again the next day. Um, And so we wake up in our first... Well, the trip goes awry right off the bat because I take the wrong pair of boots. I take my super cold winter boots that are thick and fluffy and very roomy and they're very warm. but And they fit into the bindings of my snowshoes, which is great. But the problem is they're very loose. And they're loose on on reason so that your foot has more air to heat up to to be right. um, to be warmer, which means I'm getting pretty wicked blisters. Uh, my feet are heating up and shifting around in the boots, and I'm not quite used to walking in the snowshoes. And it's just a terrible time. So at 9 o'clock at night, after we pitch camp, I'm like, i got to hike back to the car and get my other boots. These are not going to work, especially if we have the plans that we have. So at 9 o'clock at night, I get my headlamp on, and I hike all the, two miles back to the car, get the boots, and hike two miles back to, to camp. The next day, we wake up and we we plan our objective. We want to go to Indiana Lake, which is supposedly haunted. And um, we want to check it out, have lunch there, and then come back. Halfway to Indiana Lake, we're hiking on a frozen lake that goes into a river um, where there's a beaver dam. And on one side, there's uh, a portage, a canoe carry. And you're, you find the canoe carry, and then you take that over the, the river to the next lake. And, um, so where the, the river narrows, uh, it gets faster, right? Which means the ice is thinner, which means that I, uh, my right foot fell through the ice and touched water (laughs) while the rest of my body stayed above the, the ice. So now my whole right foot up to like my shin is soaked and it's like, 10 degrees out. This is, like, not a good situation. Um, and we think, like, okay, well, maybe we could keep pushing on, and if we move fast enough, I'm going to be warm enough that's not going to freeze. And my buddy's just like, no, we should head back, and you should dry off around the fire, and let's just call it a day. We'll hang out and camp, make some good food. We'll do that. So we end up doing that. Reluctantly, I hike all the way back to camp, you know, 
only making it halfway to our our goal for the day and we have a fun time we make some good food and and um later that afternoon we had some extra time to to find another lake that we wanted to find so foot trouble one was taking the wrong boots foot trouble two was splashing into some water i guess you could say something strange is afoot and here's the third thing. <laughs> you're just gonna, you're just gonna ignore it. Things get, things get worse. Yeah. Um. So the next day we had planned a huge, um. We believe it's an 18 mile loop. We haven't, I, I haven't gotten out the GPS to really measure exactly how far we went. But it's an 18 mile loop that goes around Basswood Lake, and into Canada, and then back into the U.S. Um. Through just a, just a, casually into Canada, there's no through a canoe area no, through a canoe poor, portage. Poor, sad border agent. Um, no, because it's a backcountry. Yeah, I forget well, what it was figured. called. It's called a back backcountry remote uh, customs crossing or something. I don't know. There's some acronym that goes along with it. That essentially, if you do the paperwork beforehand, um, you, you can just cross freely. And there's like treaties and agreements that are like, okay, in the boundary waters, you can just cross and it's okay. Um, you're you're not gonna be doing nefarious things out there. But it was still kind of cool to go into Canada. There's a big sign I got a picture in front of that says "Welcome to Canada." Um, so during a pan, and this is all stayed. legal, this is all above board. I can say this and and not get in trouble. Because um, in the winter time you don't need you just fill out a day use permit because there's not a whole lot of people using the area and um, you know these canoe carriers are open to the public and it's all good but it was we got to go into Canada which is cool a place where technically the borders are closed right now technically they are closed right now and you are not allowed to go into Canada any other way um, but this was the most socially distant way to cross an international right oh border. absolutely absolutely um, it was me and the buddy I work with who's in my bubble and we saw two other people that day um, and they were way more than six feet away from us they were like a half a mile away from us so ah. we're doing fine anyways on this 18 mile hike around 10 miles into it um, I've got these brand new snowshoes. They're working out great, feeling pretty good. They're light and fast and awesome, um, but we're getting pretty tired. It's we're ten miles in. We've been hucking it through the snow, and then all of a sudden, something feels weird on my foot, and I look down and I realize that the binding on the snowshoe has broken. Where your foot attaches to the shoe, that webbing system. Uh, the rivet that holds that to the deck of the shoe has popped off, which is not good. <laughs> no, this shoe is now no longer in service. It will no longer keep me afloat on the snow, which is very necessary because they have like a foot and a half of snow right now, and it wouldn't be great to have to like um, for another eight miles to like just trudge through the snow. Plus, it's going to get dark in two hours. Um, <laughs> so, it's a, it's a pretty crappy situation to be in. Um, and it's like, oh, great. Here I am, eight miles away from camp. The snowshoe binding is just broken. Our progress has been halted. Um, we're just across the border in Canada. This is a, This is crazy. <laughs> So we get out the duct tape and the paracord, and um, 
we'd fix it the best we can and kind of take a break and, you know, uh, shore up the structural integrity of this snowshoe. And we keep on trekking, and um, in two hours it gets dark, and um, we get back to camp uh, around 6, I think it was like 6 o'clock, um, a couple hours or like an hour after it gotten dark, um, and we light a fire and um, have some dinner and go to bed, and it was a su successful day. Um, but the challenge of trying to fix that snowshoe and um, hiking 18 miles over mostly flat terrain, but the wind and the cold and all this, it was a pretty epic day, and I'm feeling pretty sore right now from it. Uh, oh, I bet. Yeah. Which I think I need every once in a while is a good chunk of suffering like that to um, to put yeah, me back in shape. Isn't it? There hasn't been enough suffering. We just need a good chunk of suffering, all of it. <laughs> well, yeah, but that to me it felt very similar to like running. Oh yeah, you've earned those ultra marathons yeah. or doing a ski marathon or like doing crazy climbing days or whatever. Like, it felt really good to get on an adventure like that, have something go wrong, overcome it, hang out with a good friend while doing it, like plan all the logistics we left right before sun right after sunrise and got home right after sunset and it was just an awesome epic adventure um with a fair amount of of uh bad things going wrong but you made it but here we are and i have all my toes well that's good that's the important thing yeah if you if you were to lose a toe what one would you you pick like you're this, this is like a nightmare scenario some evil like goblin has has broken into your apartment and says he'll only leave if he can cut off one of your toes which one are you sacrificing um i have some pre-existing like little frostbite on my index toe of my right foot and you say that on with the, such nonchalance and on the um what is that the the middle toe of my right foot as well the index toe and the middle toe have a little um touch of frostbite on them from a couple of years ago uh so i think those could go without too much penalty fair enough <laughs> what about you those are also the ones those are also the ones i get rid of they feel like the least necessary i feel like the pinky toe eventually is going to get evol evolved out of humans i don't know they're all just going to fuse together that's like that's crucial for balance isn't it like it sort of keeps your feet the pinky level, toe doesn't it yeah the big toe keeps balance but the pinky toe like gives you an extra like flatness of your foot i don't know man Gri the extra gripping power i think it's just gonna fuse to the other toe that's horrifying yeah it'll be that way well maybe you know when when the water levels rise well our feet will just become webbed anyway it won't even matter <laughs> yeah so. we will become the the aquaman the the shark girls of uh of our species like the jonas brothers said you know everyone lives underwater in the year 3000 it's gonna happen they said that I mean, they didn't. It was a cover of a song, but it is in their song "Year 3000." Huh? Do you not do you not know the lyrics to the hit song "Year 3000"? We go off about Taylor Swift every single episode, and you don't know the most famous Jonas Brothers song of all time. They're in different categories, though. I guess that's true. They're in. They've, they've sort. Of, I mean, they're back now. The Jonas Brothers are back. Yeah, they're back. They've been back for like a year and a half now. Wait, I've been living in the woods, man. You gotta tell me about this. Wait, holy shit! You didn't know the Jonas Brothers came back? No, I remember like. Uh, I bought the Camp Rock CD in like sixth grade at a Target once because I thought there was a song on there that was kind of cool. That's the last time I heard of the Jonas Brothers. So the Jonas Brothers broke up in when we were in high school, I think. 
which is weird because they're brothers. I didn't know they could do that. I was going to say. Um, <laughs> but I guess they, they weren't brothers anymore or something. Uh, and in 2019, they came back together and released a single, Sucker. It's an amazing song. Um, and then another song called Cool, which is also amazing. And then a whole album. And now they've released like a bunch of music since then. They're like back and they toured. Um, yeah, they're back back. Dang. You missed the return of the Jonas Brothers? I sh- that that fell through my cultural net. Wow, that was like a huge thing. <laughs> that that was genuinely massive. I did not know this. That's crazy. And now like they're they're popular again to the point where my kids at work know them, but they only know the new stuff. They think they're like a new modern band. They have no idea of all like the the classic pop that came out wow. when we were kids. That's surprising. I can't believe you. No, I missed that. I missed that one. Wow. <laughs> I feel really weird about that. <laughs> so it's, it's been it's been years. So is this song the year three thousand uh, new? It's in one of their new ones. No, that's that's one when they were like before they were big. That was one of the songs. They it, it's a British band initially, and they covered it um, in two thousand six. I think the song came out. Huh. But the, the, the song goes, uh, I've been to the year 3000, not much has changed, but they lived underwater, and your great-great-great-granddaughter's doing fine. Doing fine. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. So. Wow. 900 years in the future. Ten, I guess almost 1,000 years. We're only a bit into the 21st century. I did not know the Jonas Brothers had come, had come back. That's crazy. Come back That's, from the dead. Well, they did. They're back. How the do brothers I, again. Uh, how do I charge this computer here? Did I uh, did I plug in the wrong thing? I don't know how to help you with this. Oh, I got it. There it is. Sweet. There we go. So you're on a new computer, you said. Yeah, I got a new computer. Yeah. That's exciting. The old one is kind of dying. It's been five years, which is pretty good for a computer. It's about the, yeah. Um, yeah, this one's about that old. I think it's probably on its last legs, but I can't bear it to... And the thing is, computers are hard to find right now because everybody needs a computer for their job. So this one was on sale or like, I don't know. It was the one, my dad's really into computers and he was like, this is, this is the one and it's on sale and and like, it's going to go away. So I was like, okay, great. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's a good enough review. Yeah. I don't, I don't use, I do use a computer for my job a, a little bit, but, um, not, uh. It's just an essential piece of equipment nowadays, um, whether you live in the woods or not. So, uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, it's been, like, my kids, my kids, the children that I work with uh, all have their own computers now. And obviously they need it for, for school and stuff, but it's just crazy, like, that kids have computers or iPads. And One of my kids has an iPhone 12, like the newest model. I felt weird just, about... Everyone's got one now. I felt weird about taking my phone onto this trip. Um, onto this this personal trip to the Boundary Waters. To the pleasure. I used it as my camera. I didn't want to bring a dedicated camera and have to worry about keeping it warm and and all that kind of stuff. So I just took the phone and used that as the camera. But it, it kind of threw me off. I, I didn't really like it to have to pull out the phone to take a picture of the cool thing that I want to do in the wilderness. And um, I, I didn't have any service, so it wasn't like tempting in that way. But it was just like, I don't know. It it just didn't. No, I totally get it. Didn't sit sit well with me. I want to I want to leave those things behind. That's why I have a dedicated camera to take right. pictures with and not have to bring out the phone. But 
don't know. What kind of camera do you use? I the last camera I remember you using was that little little pocket like square camera. I forget what this one is. It's a point and shoot of some kind. It's been around for a while. It's an it's an older one. I think it's uh, point and shoots are great. Made by Samsung. I don't know. I don't remember. It's in the other room over there. But it has a little waterproof case that it goes in, and then that lives in my my chest pack, so I can get to it quickly. And um, it works out pretty good. It takes a. I mean, the thing is too that uh, phone cameras take really good pictures. Yeah. Unless you're like messing with super weird settings and like, unless you go all in on a DSLR that costs six hundred dollars and crazy lenses and stuff, it's kind of not like the the weird point and shoot market is like you're just buying a camera that your phone has. You know what I mean? Right. But the camera your phone has is usually better. That's the thing is you're not going to take a DSLR on like a backpacking trip. Oh, I know plenty of people that do. They're, that's crazy. I mean, it's not crazy. I totally get it. But if I was packing a bag of, like, just the essentials, <laughs> would I pick a, a tiny rectangle I can fit in my pocket or a massive camera with different lenses and, and attachments and stuff? Like, I'm going to pick the phone every time. That's one of my dream jobs, though, is to be a nature photographer guide. You have a fancy camera, and you t- want to take really awesome pictures of birds, and I know where those birds are, and I know how to camp out in the woods and cook you good food and make this awesome experience for you so that you can take some cool pictures of the moon rising over this mountain or you know it's funny you say that because i had that exact thought on a hike i took a while back like i'd love to be a nature photographer and just like go camp out in these places and just take pictures for a living like that sounds amazing yeah dude so maybe we start like a a a firm or something yeah and then on the side you can take the you can um you can uh, photograph the backcountry weddings that um, me and my buddy Joe facilitate as our other side gig. This is a wonderful segue to a link I found a while ago that I've been meaning to, to read to you. Oh, boy. Um, this is from a website called Pure ADK. It's just an Adirondack like souvenir website. Uh, and they have a, a service they call Adirondack Elopements, uh, all-inclusive mountainside experiences. Uh, their weddings are simple and beautiful. They offer an all-inclusive elopement experience. All you need is your partner, wedding attire, and a marriage license. Uh, their elopement packages include stunning professional photography through their partners, as well as a certified and ordained Adirondack Mountain Guide. <laughs> now they're ordaining Adirondack Mountain Guides. Um, uh, so how does it work? Oh, that's not that exciting. Oh, wait. Elopement day. Our guide will meet you in the parking lot and help bring you up to the summit. So these are not like... These are not high peak weddings. This is this is bald mountain weddings. Uh, once there, you will have access to our pop up changing room. They're really going all out. For sure, you're gonna have this stuff a pop up changing room. Uh, our photography team will be with you every step of your way to help capture your journey. Uh, receive five images the same day, and then receive all of them later. Uh, they start at eighteen hundred dollars for their uh, for their packages. So I thought when you started reading that, um, how does it work page on the backcountry elopements, it would be like, find somebody who you love and care about. (laughs) (laughs) Step one, build a bond together, (laughs) go on a date at least once, (laughs) probably more, get off your couch, (laughs) get to know each other, take a shower. (laughs) 
More than more than once a year, perhaps. <laughs> more than once in a year. Um, yeah, that's funny. Um, who knows? Maybe that will be uh, the the better socially distant option for weddings to uh, have them on mountaintops. Maybe. I'd much rather get married on a mountaintop than in a church. Like churches are great and they're beautiful, but like I want to see a bald eagle capturing a, a, a loon baby. I think to me they're kind of the same thing. That's that's really beautiful, I think. <laughs> well, thanks. Wow. That's <laughs> I, I I I I love the sentiment and I agree. Yeah, there you go. It's just just a little cheesy. It is a bit cheesy. Yeah. It's very John Muir of me. I was going to make a movie about him actually. You were? Fun fact. Yeah, that w- it was one of the options for my back when, you know, college and being at being at a college was a thing. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for like my last college film, and one of the things I considered was making a film about John Muir. I was going to call it Muir of the Mountains. It was going to be great. Um, then I realized I didn't know any old bearded Scottishmen, so See. that sort of fell through. Yeah. Well, he's a cool dude. He, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think. He, uh, he spent some time in Wisconsin. I think he's f- might be from Wisconsin. I don't know. He's from Scotland. Well, no, he's from Scotland, yes, but he, he when he immigrated, he he, in... I think he first came to Wisconsin. I don't know. I've got a biography of him back there. We could we could fact check this. No, that's okay. I'm not I'm not that committed to it. I'm not the, I'm not that okay. committed to being right right now. Um anyways. <laughs> so Oh, did I tell you last time we recorded I, I was Assaulted by the sounds of ducks, if you recall. Yeah, how's this duck war going on? Uh, the duck war is is a war I've just accepted. I'm not going to win. <laughs> okay. But I kept here. I I continue to hear them, and for the longest time, I thought I was losing it. I thought these ducks were gaslighting me, or I was just crazy. And then one morning, I'm in my kitchen doing dishes, you know, having a lovely time. And I look up and I see something swimming in the creek. And I ran out to my apartment, and what was down there but four ducks, just chilling. That's that's how the story ends. Four ducks this time. I just have ducks. It's a lot of ducks. It's a lot of ducks. And I didn't really want to buy any of them. <laughs> but you had to. But I had to. They they quack. Um, of course they quack. They're ducks. I I don't have any interesting wildlife stories from work or from. Uh, well, what what did we see? We saw some some moose tracks on the trip. We saw some wolf tracks, which were pretty cool. Um. And we saw a little otter coming in and out of a hole in the ice, and it dove back down. It was cool, um, but no ducks. No ducks. I uh, and um, the squirrels have been a lot easier to deal with. There have not been a lot of squirrels getting into our food the past few weeks, which is great. Um, yeah. No weird animal encounters so far. Yeah. Except for your ducks. Just my ducks. I don't know. I don't know how, like, I don't know why I keep having these crazy wildlife experiences in my suburban apartment. Why do the ducks bother you so much? It's not that they bother me. It just, the concept of, like, a snow duck is not something I've ever really had to grapple with before. Uh Uh-huh. And to just, I don't know, it just, it perplexes me in a way I can't quite explain. I just feel like there shouldn't be ducks. Yeah, I don't know. What type of ducks are they? Birds. 
bird kind. <laughs> the bird kind of duck. The bird kind, you know. Um. <laughs> okay, because I, I don't know. know. I, I don't know what ducks. I'm sure some ducks overwinter. But I bet yeah, you... I saw in in Fairport the other day. We saw a couple mallard ducks. Those ones I recognized. Sure. Because uh, they've got the green heads. These ones I don't think are those. They look whiter and not green. Could be wood ducks. Could be. They might be. Well, no, wood ducks are usually darker, aren't they? I don't know. Like brownish. I'm not a duck guy. I think I might have to become a duck guy. Well, there you go. This is what Duck Dynasty is about, right? Get get to know the ducks. To know to know the species is to to introduce your name to it. That's what I learned, is that, like, you know, once you learn to identify the duck and, and know, like, okay, that's a male mallard duck right there, and you learn a little bit about its behavior, and you can probably tell how old it is, and you can, like, get the story of the duck. And that's you, like, introducing yourself to the duck and be like, okay, I I get what you're going after here. You're you're this old, you're you're this sex, and you're this, like, species of duck, and this is why you're here. Like, I think that would do you a lot to to really get to know the ducks, you know. I'll I'll chat them up later. I think they're asleep right now. It is it is you know duck bedtime. Who knows? Maybe they're. I feel like I got I got to the level with loons, at this summer. You know, I spent so much time on the lake with the loons that you you just sort of get get that bond with them. Yeah, loons are great. They knew my name, or I I knew their names because I gave them names. You gave them names. Yeah. Well, loons are interesting because they have they have breeding pairs that stick to the same pond. And you can like actually yeah. really track them and get to know them. Um, yeah, there's loon. I mean, obviously there's loon people, like people who track and, and like make their jobs loon related. Loon biologists. We, like loon biologists. That's the word, not loon people. We do call them the loon, the loon guy and the loon lady <laughs> at camp, uh, which maybe is a little, a little, giving them the short stick. But you know, the same because loons stay in the same place. You like you said, it's it's easy to study them and, and like. We have, like I said, we have a dedicated loon lady. Uh, that's her job to. And apparently, this is not relevant at all. But apparently, she she was single over the summer. I was like, Ethan, you should get to know her. And I was like, All right, I know exactly the the perfect line. So I was gonna go up to her and say, Hey, nice to meet you. You know, I'm a bit of a lunatic myself. And she, that was gonna she was gonna fall in love with me instantly. And I never got the opportunity. No. Um, unfortunately. So, but it would have worked. That sounds like a terrible decision. I think it would have been great. Well. Best of luck with your ducks, I suppose. I don't know. Um, maybe they're eating. Maybe they're eating the mice that you took out to them. Maybe I haven't seen the mice in a while. No mice issues. I thought it was Pippin doing it, but maybe, maybe Donald. No, I, I give Donald Ducks a guy, but just the name Donald is gonna <laughs> is gonna be bad for me forever <laughs> now. I think it's not gonna be great. Um, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm gonna be in the woods for the inauguration. I was in the woods for the uh, the election. I'm gonna be in the woods for the inauguration. Um, You're missing all the fun stuff. You were in the woods for the the coup too, right? I was in the woods for the um for the. I don't know what to call it. Terrorist attack. Domestic uh, takeover. I don't know. A dude and you missed you missed all the fun. Viking garb was standing at the podium. For a minute. Um, yeah, now he's in jail, though. So. Oh, well, there you go. Um, it works out. Yeah, that was like one of the first things I heard about coming out of the woods was that. Um, and that's kind of a, a situation that happens a lot with, I mean, with my job, but with other other things, too. It's called reentry, and it, And I think I've talked about it before on the podcast of like, 
um, the feeling of the rest of the world moving on while you're out in the woods away from it and then coming back and having to to reckon with that culture shock is definitely something that's like pretty uh pretty real so yeah it's wild i don't know well hopefully there'll be less at a time that you'll miss i mean and then I and like then you find so out that the jonas brothers are back such... and you're just like well that's that you can't blame that on being in the woods it's been a year and a half <laughs> this is just your own ignorance at this point <laughs> uh i guess so <laughs> Did you not follow the, the, the their journey? No, man. I, that's they're not a uh, they're not a band that I check up on frequently. I grew up. I loved the Jonas Brothers growing up. I was biggest fan. I was not their biggest fan, but I was up there. I'd say like top top six percent of Jonas Brothers fans. Dang. I remember getting I laughed at though. It was in music class in elementary school because we we're in the old building. And um, we're going around and telling what our favorite band was. And I said I liked the Jonas Brothers. And then everybody in the room laughed at me. Yeah, because you were a dude. And only girls are allowed to like the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I should have said Taylor Swift. I think that you would have gotten laughed at, too. I think I would have. But that would have been, like, classic Taylor Swift time. That might be my favorite Taylor Swift era. When she was just getting started? Yeah. I mean, it depends on the mood, but anyways. That's true. I I don't know. Something about the Folklore Evermore era, really. I love that kind of music anyway. I got to see it in some context. I got to see what happens if, if, if it is so attached to this time period of COVID and weird election stuff that, like, I can't look back at these songs and not think about this time. That would be nice. Um, good songs are able to do that are able to break time. Well, I don't want to say that. Good songs can be both a timekeeper and a, a time not attached to a specific time. But anyways, that's what I'm thinking about when it comes to Taylor Swift this week on Taylor Swift Cast. We do always end up here. Talking about Taylor Swift? Yeah, it, we never mean to. Except for, I think, with Evermore, we may be meant to. Yeah. She's just so good. You can't help it talking about the Tay-Tay. One of my coworkers at camp this year, or last year, I guess, in, in 2020, big, big Taylor Swift fan, and she had a playlist uh, that was just every single Taylor Swift song, and that was the playlist. And when we'd clean cabins, she'd just put that playlist on shuffle. Or when we'd drive, she'd put this playlist on shuffle. And so, like, just my whole, like, three months of my life in 2020 was just Taylor Swift. Heck yeah. It was amazing. Heck yeah. Trying to, like, scrub a mattress to the tune of, I'm blanking on every Taylor Swift song now. You belong with me, like. Mm. I learned what Taylor Swift songs were about what guy. Guys, I didn't realize she dated, and then <laughs> as soon as I found out which song, it was like, oh shit. One I of them can't. was a Jonas Brother. One of them was Jonas Brother. One of them was Jake Gyllenhaal. I didn't know that. Of all people, I didn't know that either. See, I don't really keep up on that kind of stuff. That's not me my neither. game. I just like the music. I just like the music. Just in it for the tunes. Right. I don't need. I don't need the drama. Yeah. I don't need the drama. Have you been doing any any writing lately? Uh, not a whole lot. I've gotten a little bit better at it. Um, I did some good stuff on this trip, but, um, I need to get on it more. I'm realizing for my own self, it's hard to do it at work to find the motivation at the end of a long day to get some writing in when I want to prioritize sleep. Um, after a pretty haggard day in the woods. So yeah, not a whole lot. No, unfortunately. What about you? Yeah, I'm in the same boat for the the same reason. I 
I get home from work and I, I don't want to write. I want to make dinner and go to sleep. Yeah, that makes sense. But I set myself this deadline. I think I said last time, I set myself this deadline of getting this book published, which is now four months away, Oof. which is horrifying. How's that going? It's going bad. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean I, to laugh, I sat down the other night. so frank the way you put it. No, no, laugh away. <laughs> I had I had this vision, like I, I, I on my lunch breaks at work, I go for a walk. There's a little like neighborhood right down the street from the Y, so I'll go and just walk around there at lunch and, and think about life. And I've been doing a lot of things about writing. So I did. I did a lot of thinking one day, and had this like vision of where I wanted the story to go. And it's it's not. I have the story. I wrote. I finished the first draft of this book four years ago. Yeah. So like, it's still frustrating. But I got home from work. I was like, all right, I'm gonna write. It's gonna be great. And I opened the word document and just like imposter syndrome grabbed me by the face and said, "You're not good enough. This writing's bad." Ah. Uh, and so that goes. was discouraging. So I did a little bit more. But I real. I had this realization that most of the story, the, the books. I'm going to go into story structure here. Fascinating stuff to listen to on podcasts. The first, like, three chapters of the book and the last three are very, like, sequential. The plot happens sort of one section after the other, but the, there's two middle chapters that are the journey, adventure chapters, and it's just different scenes of of the journey. You know, the, the first guard duty overnight and and trying to keep the goblins from getting information, like that sort of thing. And there's no necessarily sequential order. There's things that have to happen for other things to happen. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to do, and this is both really a liberating feeling and a very scary feeling, is I'm just going to literally throw out these two chapters and just write them fresh. For sure. Because I know where the plot is. I just have to, I'm writing brand new scenes. So rather than try to like go into the original document and add scenes or edit scenes, I'm just starting with a blank page. Yeah. And it's scary because blank pages are scary. I think, I think, we can all agree. We can all. There's two of us. Yeah, I agree. Blank pages are definitely scary. But I'd rather write something brand new than try to, like, operate within something I've already written. That makes sense. And once you get that train going, I find that's easier to do than to yeah. go back and retry something that... Trying to force something that you don't think is going to work. Yeah. So I'm going to see where it takes me. I'm hoping to be done. Because I have to have the book done before... Like, a little bit before I want to publish it, obviously for like editing and, and book cover purposes sure. and whatnot. So I'm trying to be done by like early April is sort of the goal right now. Gotcha. But January has gone by really quickly, so we'll see what happens. It sure has. We're almost. We're already halfway through January. It's crazy. I've. I mean, I. I think I say this every time. Every every month goes by so quickly now, and I don't even register it. It's weird. Time is weird, especially with this job being a week on and a week off. I don't really know what. Yeah, it's hard to describe. But just keep on trucking. That's all we can do. Uh, as always, uh, you know, listeners, thanks for listening. I'm trying to make this a thing because it sounds more professional. Give us a review. Tell your friends about us. Go ahead and rate us on iTunes. We have more than one rating. Uh, I think there's a link to send in a voice message. So if you want to. Make your voice heard. I know we've got we're an international podcast now. We've got listeners all over the globe. If you want to send in a message or let us know how we're doing, do that. Uh, yeah. Any final words of wisdom? Parting thoughts? I got no wisdom. No wisdom. Had all four of them taken out a couple years ago. <laughs> what about you? Any final uh, final Isaac Sage bits of wisdom? Oh, I don't know. I've been living. I'm still rappling with the fact that the Jonas Brothers are back. You should take some time and listen to their new albums. I, I should. That that could be our next... But, like, slowly. You should dip your, your feet in slowly. I shouldn't just dive in. I mean, I, I 
I would dive in, but I think the culture shock for you might be too much to dive in. <laughs> not, you might get the Jonas Brothers Not pens. people storming the Capitol is going to be shock, yeah. culture shock. It's going to be the, the Jonas Brothers new music that I haven't listened to in a couple of years is going to be culture shock. Exactly. Okay, I see, I see. Well, I'll go do that um, and uh, head to work and uh, talk to you on the flip side. Yeah.